Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. What is the truth in that situation? How do you know what the truth is? And so this morning we're going to hopefully open that up a little bit from God's Word. Jesus, you may remember, was arrested and he was uh, falsely accused and he was taken to Pilate and, and was under trial uh, before Pilate. And of course his accusers had accused him of doing all kinds of things. And, uh, and yet in the midst of all that, uh, Jesus seemed to maintain his cool and he knew what was true. So look with me if you would in chapter 18, beginning with verse 33. Pilate then went back inside to the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for, the, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing this God's most holy word. Well, if you're going to know the truth, you've got to know what is the truth. And, and that's always a question, isn't it? Uh, what exactly is the truth? Um, and I've discovered over and over again that uh, when I communicate with people, uh, sometimes people hear one thing and I meant something different. Have you ever noticed that? And of course, the only way to clarify that is for the person who misunderstood to, to ask me what I meant. But if they think that's what I meant, then it you ever run into this problem? I remember a number of years ago when my dad was still living. Uh, this will tell you how long ago it was. We bought them, I think it was a VCR, wasn't it? Or was it a DVD player? Uh, a number of years ago. I think it was a VCR. I think that's how long ago it was. Um, for you young people, that's this big cassette that you put in and it shows movies, kind of like a DVD, but it's big. What's it? <laughs> 
Yeah, you're right. What's a cassette? Well, it's this square thing that you put into the machine and it plays movies. It was pretty cool back then. Uh, real retro. Uh, Google it when you get home or, or pull out your phone and Google it and you'll, you'll figure out what I'm talking about. Anyway, so my, my mom and dad uh, were putting this thing uh, together, trying to set it up. And, and it was really, in some ways, kind of comical uh, because, for one, they couldn't hear each other very well to begin with. My dad was pretty much deaf in one ear and couldn't hear out of the other. Uh, and my mother uh, was frustrated. And so uh, as they communicated back, have you ever had this happen? Uh, some of you married couples may know what I'm talking about. And one would say one thing, and what the other one would answer had nothing to do with what the first one said because they thought they said something else. And the question is, what was the truth? And the bottom line was, neither was the truth. They were so far off. And by the time they got so frustrated, they finally just walked away from it and, and had to regroup in their relationship because they just missed it altogether. These things happen in our lives, right? So how do we know what is the truth? How do we know? Wouldn't it be nice if when someone told a lie, their nose got longer? <laughs> Mark says, no. <laughs> I have a big nose, so <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Uh, at least then you'd know exactly if that was the truth or if they thought that was the truth. Uh, but you see, the problem is when we approach the truth, there's a lot of ways that we determine what is true. And, and my fear is that when we determine that, it's not always the truth. There's a reality, and that reality is true. Our perceptions of that reality are not always true. Would you agree with me? If you don't, we're going to talk about that because we want to be very clear about the truth. Some people say, well, if it's true for me, it's got to be true. Well, that's not necessarily true, correct? I mean, there are pilots who get up in the air and there are times as a pilot when you're flying where you're not really sure which way is up anymore, especially if you're in the clouds and you know what you have to rely upon? Those instruments, you say, well, it's not my reality. My reality is that we're flying straight. But the, the, the instruments say something totally different. Which are you going to believe? Well, a lot of people say, well, it's my reality. As a matter of fact, some people have crashed their planes because they believed their reality was true and didn't rely on their instrumentation. Oh, the instrument must be wrong. So clearly, just because we believe it's true doesn't make it true. Just because you say it's true doesn't make it true. And in our world, I think in our world we get confused with that because we want our truth to be true. I believe that it's, it's perfectly okay for me to drive 95 miles an hour on the highway. The police officer doesn't think that's true. He likes it when you go that fast. <laughs> no, he probably doesn't. There's a lot of paperwork, I'm sure, concluded in that. <laughs> but uh, but you, you understand, so our reality, just because I say it's true doesn't make it true, right? Okay, well, if that's the case, then how do we figure out what's true? Well, some people say, well, we all get to decide. So if we decide together it's true, then it's got to be true, right? So... Uh, and, and this is especially true in our nation because we believe that the majority rules, right? So, so somewhere in our mindset, we've decided that the majority must be right. 
But we've learned, I hope we've learned in our country that that's not always true. And frequently, if you want the majority's view, it can frequently lead to what we call mob mentality, right? And somebody gets wound up and gets everybody on board, and we all go, and that doesn't make it true. It makes us feel good because there are other people who agree with us. But the mob mentality doesn't necessarily make it true. Just because a majority of people believe it's true doesn't make it true. I've, I've learned that. I remember a number of years ago, um, we, we, we had a, a, a board meeting. And we're sitting in this board. And the, the question was, someone, someone wanted us to do some financial things for them. And I don't know, something within me was a little uncomfortable about that, but... but Everybody seemed to be on board, and, and oh, well, okay, finally someone on the board said, I, I don't know why, but I just don't think we should do this. Now, if we had voted before this person spoke, I think people would have just voted for it. Hey, everybody else seems to be okay, all right, let's go. But this one person said, I don't think this is right. What was amazing is, about a year later, we discovered that if we had gotten involved financially with that person, it would have been a disaster. The the group thought it was a good plan. The one person stood up and said, I don't think that's right. And in the end, that one person was right. And the good news is, the rest of the group recognized the Spirit of God speaking through this one person. And and we followed. Now, that's, that's interesting to me. The majority wasn't right. The individual wasn't right all the time. I'm not always right. Well, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so then how do we know what's true? How do we know what the truth really is? How do we get to know the truth. That's our question this morning. So I'm hoping that you realize that there's got to be some other way to discern the truth. And I've kind of alluded to it a couple times already. But there is certainly a different way to follow the truth. Now Jesus appears before Pontius Pilate and Pontius Pilate thinks he knows what is true. Now he doesn't know the details but he certainly believes that somehow Jesus is in the wrong. He certainly has offended these people. And Pilate is very clear that this guy before him is someone who is different, different than himself. And the way he sees that difference is based on this person's ethnicity. He sees Jesus as a Jew. And he wants to make sure, and he wants to be very clear, that his definition of truth is very different than Jesus is because Jesus is different than he is. And so Jesus confronts him. Pontius Pilate says, hey, so what did you do wrong? And Jesus says, I, uh, well, he asks him, are you the king of the Jews? And, and, Pilate, and Jesus says, is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Where did that come from? Are you saying that you're a part of my team? Or or are you saying that there's a difference between my team and everybody else's team? You see, for Pilate, there were differences between people. You're this type of person, and I'm that type of person. So he says to Jesus, what? Am I a Jew? 
Is that what you're trying to tell me? I'm a Jew? And Jesus would love to say, I don't want you to be a Jew. I want you to follow the truth. I want you to follow what's real. I want you to be a part of my kingdom. It's not that there are this type of person and that type. There aren't Democrats and Republicans in the kingdom of God. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. They're not black people and white people in the kingdom of God. They're not Hispanics and Asians in the kingdom of God. There are believers in Jesus Christ who are part of the kingdom of God. It's us who wants to make all those separations. I wonder what's going to happen when we get to heaven. Because if you've read the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, that's the last book of the New Testament. It's an incredible book. Most of you say it makes very little sense. (laughs) Well, uh, there's a lot in there. And some of it, I'll admit, some of it I don't understand fully. I have some ideas. But there are some things that are very clear. And one of the things that are clear, that's clear as you go through the book is there's this, this time where John is looking on earth and he sees what's happening on earth. And then all of a sudden he looks up in heaven and he sees what's happening in heaven. And as the book progresses, those two groups come closer and closer together. It's really kind of amazing to watch. And some of you may have said, you know, well, I've read the book and it says that 144,000 will be saved. And there are some people who believe only 144,000 will be saved. The problem with that is John's next vision is of heaven. And in heaven, he sees multitudes upon multitudes. Well, that seems to me a lot more than 144,000. He looks on earth and he sees these people who have put their trust in Jesus. And he looks in heaven, and and he sees people of every tribe, every nation. Look what it says. It says, as I I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, proclaiming Jesus as the King, an incredible image of what the kingdom of God is all about. The kingdom of God isn't just people like you and like me. The kingdom of God is made up of all kinds of people. And it's so exciting to be a part of that kind of community, that kind of love, where love transcends our ethnicity, where love transcends the color of our skin, where love transcends who we are and becomes someone who loves simply because you're a human being loved by the Almighty God. Stick with me. Because you see, when we look at the truth, we divide the truth based on what our color is or what we've been taught in our culture rather than basing the truth on the kingdom. So when you're trying to discover the truth, the best thing you can do is begin to think like a kingdom member, rather than by your ethnicity, or by the, even by what you've been taught before. One of the things that amazes me most about studying God's word and trying to understand his kingdom is that I've discovered there are some things I was taught as a kid that don't really match with the Bible. I'm not saying there were bad things. But when I got to the Bible, I realized that there were different things that the Bible said. The Bible talks about us being all one in Christ. 
being knit together as a body, that each part is very, very important. As a matter of fact, each part matters immensely. One of the problems in our world today, and in particular in our country, in my opinion, is that we've gotten this phrase, whatever, fill in the blank, lives matter. You can fill in the blank however you want. But, but I'll tell you how most people fill in the blank. They fill in the blank based on who they are. Right? So whether it's uh, white lives matter, black lives matter, blue lives matter, you, you name it. Whatever your place is, that's what, how you fill in the blank. As a member of the kingdom of God, Jesus always defined lives that matter as those lives that are other than mine. In other words, he would say that your life matters. And because it matters to Jesus Christ, it matters to me. Doesn't matter what color skin you have. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter who you are. Jesus looks at you and your life matters to him. And because your life matters to him, it matters to me. The truth of the kingdom is that God has called us all together to be one in him. And as a As a kingdom member, my desire is for you, no matter what color skin you have, no matter what you believe, no matter who you are, to come to know the love of Jesus Christ. And that's hard. Because people are different than me. People believe different things than I believe. And I want to write them off because of that. But Jesus says to me, you can't write them off. He says, even if they're your enemy, you must love them. We need to have a kingdom mentality. Seek first, I I showed that, that slide too early, but seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus said, and all these things shall be added unto you. The problem is we seek ourselves first, our kingdom. Pilate was seeking the kingdom of Rome. The chief priests, the leaders of of Judaism were, were teaching the kingdom of Judaism. Some people today Seek the kingdom of Christianity, which has nothing to do with Christ. It's a religion to them. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, seek the kingdom of God, which means we seek to follow Jesus, and he calls us that all all lives matter. Your life matters. Your life matters so much to Jesus Christ that he laid down his life to bring forgiveness into your life and to wipe out all those burdens that you carry and to carry them for you. And to take away all that guilt that's been bowing you down for years. Something you did years ago and you're still hanging on to that. Jesus wants to forgive that and allow you to set that down and be set free. See, the truth of the matter is he loves you so much. He, in truth, loves you. Prove that. As as a kingdom member, I am called. I am privileged. You are called. You are privileged. To share that love. That's the truth. Now, on your Connect cards, I know most of you have thrown them away by now, but on your Connect cards, there's an opportunity for you to respond. You see, it says right here, I am a... I hope you would write in there, not a Caucasian person, not a heterosexual person, not a married person, not a single person, not a young person or an old person. I would hope you'd write in there, I am a kingdom member. I am a part of the kingdom. And by writing that, you're asserting that my desire is to believe in the kingdom truth, not my own. 
How do you know the truth? You've got to be a kingdom seeker. Second of all, um, you, you really got to be willing to, to listen to the king. Um, Jesus says, everyone who listens to me, or everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's what he says to Pilate. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This started a long time ago, didn't it? Where we stopped listening. As a matter of fact, it started way back in Genesis. You remember the Genesis story? That's when we stopped listening to the truth. Because this is what happened, you see. Uh, We were in the garden, you and I, uh, in Adam and Eve. And and we we were there. And God had specifically told us, specifically told us that we could eat of any tree of the garden except for one. And that one tree was the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, God was saying, I want you to rely upon me for what is true, for what is good and what is evil. I don't want you to rely upon your own sense as to what's good and what's right and what's wrong. And so there we are in the garden, and this is what happened. Satan comes along, and Satan begins to say to us, hey, listen, the reason why God doesn't want you to, have, to eat of that tree is because if you eat of that tree, you will be like God. You will get to determine what is right and what is You will get to decide what is true. And we sat there and we looked at it. We thought, man, it would be kind of nice to, to decide what's true for my own life. Make my own decisions. Sound familiar? Decide for myself. Find myself. People say that all the time. I'm just trying to find myself. Really? You're looking in the wrong place if you're looking in yourself. And that's exactly what we did. We looked in ourselves and we said, yeah, I want to decide. And we took that fruit. I'm going to decide for myself. Here you go, God. I'm going to make the decision. And we ate the fruit. There. Now I decide what's right. I decide what's true. But obviously that's not the case because God then steps in. And now all of a sudden we're, we're, we're afraid because, oh no, I, I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that. Well, what do you mean you shouldn't have done that? It was your choice, right? And, and it, therefore it must be right. But in the presence of God, all of a sudden we know it's not right. And the scripture says Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves. And uh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, obviously. Um, and Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves. Because they're afraid. Why are they afraid? God says to Adam, why are you hiding? (laughs) If you're able to decide what's right and wrong, why are you hiding? Because you know. You know it wasn't right. And see, God had given us a command, and we decided to listen to somebody else. Jesus says to Pilate, if you really want to know what the truth is, listen to me. Listen to the king. You see, if you want to know the truth, then you have to begin by this kingdom vision and then start listening to the king who knows what's true, who knows what's right. And so let's think about that a minute because if Jesus is our king, there's a couple things he said. He really, he really didn't make it hard. He really made it pretty straight up. It's not hard to understand. It may be hard to follow, but it's not hard to understand because he really, he said it in two things. He said, love God and love each other. 
And that's found in Matthew. He says, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's all you got to do is love God and love each other. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you'll know the truth. Just love God and love each other. And it sounds so easy. Until there's something else I want. Or something that you say that I don't like. Whether it's the truth or not. I have to love you. Bless you. So if we're going to know the truth, we have to be a kingdom seeker and we have to listen to the king. Uh, so much more I can say about that, but we need to keep moving. Lastly, I, w- I want you to be very clear about something. Oh, by the way, my goal this morning is to finish in less time than Dan did last week. I heard he, he, he kept you over last week, and so I want to make up for that time. If you want to give us it back, you can finish in less time than Dan. Okay, Kenny, I had no idea what you just said. Okay. <laughs> So if you're going to know the truth, you have to be a kingdom seeker. You have to listen to the king. And, and lastly, this is pretty easy. I mean, uh, here's Pilate, and, and now Pilate's got to decide, right? And he even asks the question, well, what is truth? And now he's got to decide. And this is what he does. He goes out, and he listens to the crowd. He took a poll. He took a poll. He went on Facebook to find out what everybody else was saying. Because if it's on Facebook, it's got to be true. He goes out there and he asks them, you see, he's decided that the best route is to follow the crowd. And so if you're going to follow the crowd, what's going to happen? Well, this sheep says to one of the other sheep that are all falling off the cliff, I don't know where we're going, but from the look of the crowd, it's got to be good. And Pilate buys into that mentality. He steps out and he has the authority, he has the ability to proclaim Jesus is innocent. He knows Jesus is innocent. He even says to the crowd, I find no basis of a charge against this man. I know that what he says is true. And then he throws an opinion poll out and follows the crowd. And I'd love to point the finger at him and be upset with him. But the truth of the matter is, many times in my life, when Jesus has made the truth very clear to me, when I stood in a group, or God in the middle of that high school class, or when I found myself in that college group, or when I was, I was struggling and, and I, I found myself among a bunch of unbelievers, and, and, and I had to stand up for the truth. And all of a sudden in that moment, rather than standing for the truth, I followed the crowd because it was easier to follow the crowd. But in the end, it caused more problems, not just for me, but for the whole crowd. I had to decide, what was I going to do? We have to decide, don't we? You see, if you really want to know the truth, then you have to be willing to follow the truth. Not just pieces of it, not just the parts we find convenient, but all of it. We have to be willing to seek Jesus in His Word, listen to His voice, That's the easy part. The hard part's doing it. Following him. It's so much easier to follow the crowd. We're in the middle of a political debate in our country. And I hear some people say, well, I'm going to vote this way. 
because I wear this label. Or I'm going to vote this way because I think that it's the less of two evils. I, I have yet to hear someone say, I'm going to vote for this person because I really think they're cool. <laughs> Uh, that hasn't happened to me this year. If you're one of those, let me know. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. I, I haven't met one of those yet. When are we going to vote based not on what everybody else says? But when are we going to vote based on our understanding of the kingdom, based on what we hear Jesus say to us? Not based on our own opinion, based on what we hear him say to us. When are we going to stand up and say, this is how I'm going to vote? Now, you notice, I didn't tell you how I'm going to vote. Because I need to do that in my life. You need to do that in your life. And I believe that if the people of God would do that, all of a sudden, our nation would begin to follow the voice of the king. Now, that doesn't mean it's all going to be good and great because sometimes God's will, I've noticed, is in such a way that he's going to work his will. And I pray for one thing and he does something else because he knows that that's a part of his plan and it's better for me in the long run. I'd love to do the Twinkie diet for the rest of my life. I like Twinkies. I don't know that I could eat them that often, but I like Twinkies. The problem is the dietician was right, wasn't she? Actually, even the guy who did the Twinkie diet was right. Did you hear what he said? He said, you should eat everything. Did you hear this? This was, to me was awesome. In moderation. Did you know that's what the Bible says? What do you know? Once again, the word of God is true. Now, they had to eat Twinkies to figure that out. I I got good news for you. You don't have to go through the Twinkie diet and gain 600 pounds thinking that somehow you're going to lose eating all this stuff. Um, You could listen to the Word of God and work in moderation and try to eat what is healthy for you. You see, God's Word is, is true. Always has been. Always will be. And where we come from doesn't make what we think is right, right. And the groups we hang around with, and just because they're rah-rah and have a lot of, maybe some intellectual arguments, doesn't necessarily make it true. What makes it true is if we're willing to be a kingdom seeker, listen to the king, and be part of the kingdom. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, there are some here today who, who would have said when they walked in that they know what's true and what's right.